Welcome to Envisioned Broadcasting. Envisioned Broadcasting. The station designed to encourage, equip, and empower you for growth and success. An affiliate of Direct Impact Broadcasting and Creative Broadcasting. Presenting the Empower Hour with Jerisha. A show that shares the stories behind the journeys of leaders, influencers, and motivators. The Empower Hour with Jerisha begins now. Your host, Jerisha Moore. A little bit about myself. I am a best-selling author with over 18 years of combined experience in education, finance, healthcare, business management, and development. Owner and founder of Empower on Purpose, LLC, certified coach, speaker, and trainer with the John Maxwell team, and owner of Envision Broadcasting Radio Station. Before I introduce my amazing guest free workshop being offered by Empower on Purpose called The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. This five-week workshop is free, and it will be held at Dayton Montgomery County Library on June 2nd at 2 p.m. If you're looking for help with achieving your personal or professional goals, you don't want to miss it. To register, please visit the Empower on Purpose Facebook or Eventbrite page. Also, I want to say a special thank you to Jason Hale with Life Builders and the Tri-County Youth and Family Center in Fairborn. The Youth Empowerment Day this past Saturday was an absolute success. It was a great opportunity for the youth to learn, lead, and laugh. So this week's empowerment quote is, leaders become great not because of their power, but because of their ability to empower others. And that's by John Maxwell. So today my special guest is recorder Brandon McLean. A little bit about Brandon. Brandon C. McLean was born and raised in North Carolina, but considers Dayton, Ohio to be his home. He graduated cum laude from the University of North Carolina at Pembroke, North Carolina, with a Bachelor of Arts in Criminal Justice, the University of Cincinnati with a Master's of Science in Criminal Justice, and the University of Dayton College of Law with a Juris Doctor. Mr. McLean is also a veteran, having served as a non-commissioned officer in the Army National Guard achieving the rank of sergeant prior to his honorable discharge. Mr. McLean was admitted to the practice of law in the state of Ohio 2011, as well as the United States District Court for the Southern District of Ohio 2011 and the United States Tax Court 2012. His professional affiliations include him being a member of the Ohio Recorders Association, the Ohio Bar Association, the Ohio Magistrates Association, and chairman of the Dayton Bar Association's Diversity Issues Subcommittee. His related awards and professional distinctions include but are not limited to the Leadership Development Class, Dayton Bar Association, 2014, Man of Influence, Dayton Weekly News, 2016, Rising Star, the Dayton Bar's Brief, 2017, the Joseph Sink Award, the Black Law Students Association of the United, or University of Dayton School of Law, 2018, Top 10 African American Male Honorees, Parity Inc. Uh, Inc. 2019, the Public Service Award presented by the Tribute to African American Committee, Inc., and the 40 Under 40 Award, Dayton Business Journal 2019. Mr. McLean's legal experience varies from being an acting judge and magistrate in the Dayton Municipal Court to being an assistant public defender in the Montgomery County Public Defender's Office. He was also a principal attorney in McLean's Anastasi LLC and interned at the Cincinnati Prosecutor's Office. Recently, Mr. McLean was elected by the Montgomery County Recorder after being appointed in March 2018 following the passing of Willis Blackshear Sr. Since assuming office, Recorder McLean has introduced and implemented two programs of note. The Veterans Identification Card Program, which connects our communities, veterans, the benefits they earn, and the Fraud Alert Notification System, which combats property fraud. Additionally, he serves on the Dayton Public Schools Operational Advisory Committee the Board of Trustees for the Dayton Bar Association, the Mary Scott Nursing Center Board of Directors, the Sinclair Community, Community College Paralegal Program Advisory Committee, and is a mentor to students throughout Montgomery County. Recorder McLean is also a member of the St. Luke Missionary Baptist Church. Welcome, Recorder Brandon McLean. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, and it's truly my pleasure. Um, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I just shared your amazing bio 
but could you please share with the listeners a little bit more about your journey and background and how you came to do all of the amazing and impressive things that I just mentioned? Well, you know, I'll do my best I can to answer that question. But, you know, when I really look back and reflect over my life, I mean, it's really a loaded question. Um, I can tell you this. I'm a man of of faith. Uh, I believe in ordered steps. I don't believe that everything uh, is is based upon fate. Uh, I believe you create your own destiny and uh, you all uh, have to operate as far as living in God's purpose. So I, I think that God guides us and open doors for us to be exactly where we're supposed to be. Um, there's this quote that I, I really think kind of sums it up, and I was talking to some youth uh, today and reflecting about what I was going to say uh, during this interview, and uh, this, this quote really just you know continued to pop up in my mind, and that being the fact the two most important days of an individual's life are the day they are born and the day they find out why. So everybody has a different birthday. Everybody has a different birthday, but what connects us together is the journey that we take, which is our lives, that shows us our actual purpose while we are here on this earth. Um, When I look back over my life and the different roles and positions that I've been blessed to hold, um, public service uh, pops out, and it's the common theme throughout my life. It's the common theme throughout my journey. It's the common theme throughout my childhood. Um, when I was a child, my mother, um, who passed away back in 07 uh, due to lung cancer, she would uh, take care of a lot of the sick and shut-in uh, people in my neighborhood. And she would cook meals for them. She would go and visit and check in on them. Uh, she would run errands for them and never asked nor accepted a dime in return. And uh-huh. one day when I was, you know, I'm here I am, I'm a child, and I'm seeing my mother, you know, rip and run for, for people. Sometimes she barely even knew them. And I asked, I said, why are you doing this? And she said, because it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. That's all she knew was how to be a, a servant to others. And so at a very young age, I learned uh, really the meaning of uh, what it means to be a selfless servant. Um, and that is a theme that I kind of clung on to uh, throughout my life. Uh, you know, I entered into the military. Uh, I was 17 years old. And I uh, went to the military uh, when our nation was, was actively, uh, you know, at a time of war. Uh, and, I, you know, when I look back on, uh, you know, what, what motivated me, what kept me, uh, what really, uh, you know, in turn put me in a, a position or direction to make that decision, uh, it was because I felt like it was the right thing to do. Uh, you know, I wanted to become an attorney after I uh, seen Johnny Cochran and how uh, smooth and clean he looked in the way that it seemed like his words danced you know, through the air, and people just hung on to them, uh, you know, dur- during that, that trial of the century, as they call it, and when he was representing uh, O.J. You know, I, when I watched uh, Johnny Cochran Jr. Uh, as a child, that's when I made the decision that I wanted to get involved in the practice of law. And, you know, from that, as an attorney, I tried to use uh, that platform to uh, help people who uh, needed the most, uh, who were the, the, the least of these, if you will, people who a lot of times when I would encounter them would be at their most vulnerable point. Uh, When I was blessed to become a member of the judiciary, um, I would often encounter these people in a different role, uh, people who were uh, a lot of times having the most difficult and challenging point in their whole life, and they were looking uh, for me. They were looking for the court to offer a remedy that would save their life or give them some type of peace of mind. And even in my current position, it's, it's really no different. Uh, you know, a lot of times when I encounter people in, in the community, uh, I encounter them because they're in a position where they need help. They need someone to do something. They need a regular person to do something extraordinary to fix their life. And so that's something that I uh, carry with me uh, every day and, quite frankly, consider it to be a great honor to do so. Absolutely. I think that is absolutely that's, that's awesome. So um, if you could give one piece of advice to, you know, perhaps like an emerging leader or um, someone, maybe a youth that's, you know, possibly looking to be an attorney or go down that, that same path, what what would that be? Uh, hard work is the great equalizer. Um, I, mm-hmm. I cannot stress that enough. Um, I think so many times in life we sell ourselves short. Uh, we believe that we're not good enough, that we're not uh, fit for duty so to speak, 
And I think that a lot of times because we uh, undermine ourselves, we really uh, devalue the worth of the uh, talents and gifts that God has given us to work with. Uh, everyone has certain things that they are just better than. We'll call it aptitude. Uh, different people have different aptitudes. We can't control that because that's a gift that they were given. But what we can control is how hard we work. So we always yeah. have to remember that hard work is the great equalizer. Time and time again, we see it all the time in sports. What do they call it in sports during March Madness? Upsets. Yeah, absolutely. There are, there are upsets all through life. It's just not in sports. You know, there are times when we see David beat Goliath in life, in real-life situations, you know, and that happens because hard work is exerted. People work to the point of exhaustion to tra to chase and to capture their dreams. And so I would just encourage any and all emerging leaders to, to really not devalue the overall benefit of hard work and what hard work can accomplish, you know, what, what hard work, the doors that it can open, uh, you know, through hard work and your service, uh, people really can, can see who you are and what you stand for. Talent doesn't show that hard work does. Absolutely. I have to agree with you 100%. It, that is such great advice, you know, not just for the emerging leaders, but for all of us, you know, to practice in our everyday lives. You know, like you mentioned, hard work and service will open those doors. Um, so, so Brandon, I think that we all are really clear as far as when it comes down to, um, you know, being a leader and influencer and a, a motivator as well, that there are always wins and successes. But with those wins, we often face challenges and hurdles. Um, could you share maybe just one of the hurdles that you have faced and then how you truly overcame it? Um, I, I think that a continuing challenge that uh, should exist to any uh, public servant, anyone who uh, serves the public, is how to uh, address the issues with solutions that are facing everyday people. Um, they, they say that uh, public service is a calling. Uh, I believe that to be true, and I can tell you that I know that being a public servant is a blessing. And so with these blessings that you receive, uh, being a, a public servant, uh, that means that you have uh, not, only the, uh, <laughs> not only the blessing, but also the mm -hmm. burden of being tasked with caring other people's issues, their concerns, uh, some of the pitfalls that they may have because you're built for it. And so I think that with that challenge, that daily challenge that exists for every public servant, um, the best way uh, that i found to combat it every day and to overcome it uh, is to essentially ensure that you are servicing people not just in word but in deed. You have to go where the issues are. You have a lot of people who talk about solutions, but they don't implement them. It's just, it's just words. It, and, and so to me, what I've been able to find is that to properly address the issues that are facing uh, our community, uh, that are facing uh, everyday, regular people, you have to be with them. The issues that I, I can tell you, when I was with the court, the issues that people had, they existed well before they made it to the courtroom. Uh, they did. And it's, it's the same thing. I'm in the county administration building. The issues uh -huh. that our community and that the citizens face start well before they walk into the county administration building. So for uh -huh. us to be able to rectify and to address them for a longstanding way, we have to be willing to go into the communities and onto the doorsteps of the people mm. who are having issues. That means communicating, that means outreach, that means discussion, that means transparency, that means connectivity. You know, I, I don't believe that you can address issues and concerns of people that you don't know. I believe as a public servant that if, if we can't have a conversation, you know, your full range scale of faith in me should be minimal because you don't know me. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, to, to summarize it, I believe that the, the issues 
that being the fact, the ones that affect the community, while there's no cookie-cutter answer for it, I believe that it starts with being with the people who are having the issues, living their life, seeing their experiences firsthand. Absolutely. I have to agree with you, absolutely. Um, I know that there's been a lot of things that's been affecting um, the Dayton community and, you know, firsthand with, you know, having had an opportunity to actually go out into the community um, with a couple of organizations, you know, it's nothing like being able to connect because there are certain issues that that's out in the community and, you know, a lot of the issues that are going on, people are upset and they're frustrated. Mm-hmm. And so it's really, you know, at the end of the day, they're wanting someone to be able to hear their voice, you know. Um, so I, I absolutely agree with you 100% on that. Um, so when you think of, you know, Brandon, you are absolutely out in the community. You are involved and in, you support so many programs in the community. You help us to support so many worthy causes, businesses, organizations, as well as the youth in the community. Could you share more of the work that you're doing to encourage, equip, and empower are you to rise above life's obstacles and live their dreams? Um, you know, it's to me, it's, it's just humbling uh, to really um, sit down and have a conversation and see the, the energy and the passion and the excitement about the unknown uh, that our youth have. Um, and to me, uh, what that means, uh, what, what I believe our jobs have to be as not just adults, but as mentors, uh, as uh, gatekeepers, essentially, is to allow our life, to allow our successes, to allow our failures, uh, to allow uh, the good, the bad, and everything in between about who we are to serve as a roadmap to those youth. Um, So when I go and I I speak to you uh, earlier, uh, I was over at uh, Westminster uh, Presbyterian, uh, talking to a, a group of uh, youth who are preparing for graduation. And mm-hmm. I told a, a series of, of stories, uh, we'll call them snapshots, out of my life. And uh, I broke it down into three different times, uh, one being uh, a time where I felt I had to really persevere, another time where I, where I felt that, uh, you know, I had to remind myself that we are always accountable to the people who, sacrificed and gave for us to have the opportunities that we enjoy today, and that we always have to be respectful of the varying, differing perspectives that someone may have on how to live life. So I I think that, you know, if we can continue to have these discussions with our youth and continue to be open and transparent about our own lives, you know, don't add on, you know, don't add on, you know, to what happened. Be honest about what happened. You know, talk to them about how you felt, if you felt like you did a good job, if you felt you did a bad job, if you felt you could have done a better job. Those are things that I think our youth can learn from, and they can learn from these, uh, the good and the bad. They can learn from these stories because what we're doing is that we're allowing our life to serve as a living example, a living lesson to them. Absolutely. I, I, yes. Um, I, I think that, you know, you, you really hit, hit on a, you know, touched on a really great point um, because, you know, with the youth, they're not looking for us to sugarcoat, you know, anything. As you will, as you said, the snapshots, give snapshots or, you know, give our own experiences and how we handle things, um, you know, with certain different topics that may come up. So, you know, you are mm-hmm. truly a great role model for our youth to look up to and to aspire to be like one day. Um, oftentimes, and you've pretty much mentioned it as, um, already as far as mentor, I know that the youth and emerging leaders see you as not just a role model, but as a mentor. And I, it's extremely important for you, um, you know, you as well as others who lead, motivate, and influence others to have their own mentors. Can you share a little bit with the listeners on how important it is or how important it's been for you having a mentor, mentors in your own life? Um, you know, I, I think that um, a lot of times in life when we are trying to figure out uh, where to go, how to get there, um, we often look for uh, a roadmap. We look for direction. And at times it's difficult. It's challenging to find people uh, who are willing and apt 
able to share their stories uh, with you about, you know, how their journey turned out and what could possibly make your journey easier. Um, I've been blessed and fortunate, and I think, to, to really be accepted and embraced uh, in our community. Um, I often joke around with my friends, and I tell them, I say, hey, I'm a son of the city, uh, you know, and, and I, I really mean that wholeheartedly, you know, for a, a lot of folks, uh, you know, in, in Montgomery County, uh, you know, I, I may represent, you know, their father or a brother or their son or their uncle, uh, you know, or a cousin. You know, I, I represent, you know, some male uh, that may be with them presently or may have came before. And that means a lot to me because, you know, that that means that, you know, there, there's connectivity. There's, you know, there, there's a flow. So, you know, as a, as a mentor, um, you know, that, that relationship, the mentor-mentee relationship, for my development, um, I think has really been key. Uh, you know, uh, Willis Blackshear Sr. Was, was a great mentor uh, to me. Uh, you know, Judge Carl Henderson, uh, you know, was, was a great mentor to me, uh, you know, uh, accepting me in and, and taking me on the wing to, to make sure that I knew uh, things that were key and vital to continue to be productive, to be able to be, uh, you know, productive. Um, you know, there have been so many others. I can't even pretend to name all of them because there have been so many people i you know i tell folks all the time i say listen i'm a community project and i Mm. think that's how we should all uh you know live our life we should be community-based you know uh people often they ask me they say you know why do you go you know and do all of this stuff in the community they're like you act like you you know you're still running for office why are you always out there and i tell them i say i'm out there because that's where the people need me to be that's right you know we we have to you know if if we gonna if you really gonna you know be out there if you really gonna try to help people you got to know them you got to see these issues with your mm-hmm. own eyes so you can know best how to, to address them you know and, and being a mentor is no different if you're gonna honestly make an impact on the child's life that doesn't happen by you speaking to them one time a year mm-hmm. you got to be visible you got to be visible they got to know you um, I go down to uh, Bill Haven elementary uh every couple weeks and uh you know sit down and have lunch talk with the guys and just we just talk we just talk you know uh they got a group of of great uh mentors down there um uh, called boys to men they do great work for those kids down there and you know i'm i'm blessed and humbled every time you know i'm able to come down there with them and just talk to the kids because it's important it's important that our kids know that we care about them. It's important that they look at us and realize that, you know, we used to be them and one day they could be us. Yeah. That's important. That's important. So the, the value of a mentor-mentee relationship, a meaningful mentor-mentee relationship, is priceless. It's priceless. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, the kids not only representing the future, the youth represent the present right now. These kids deserve a seat at the table right now. Yeah. And we have to we have to make sure we make room for them. They're 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 growing up fast. They have opinions. You know, they have desires. You know, they have questions. They have, quite frankly, strong and valuable input that we should at least listen to and consider. Because they're living in this world the same as we are. Mm-hmm. So the value the value of a, a mentor mentee relationship. You can't put a price tag on it because it's the difference between a, a child recognizing who they could be versus knowing what they can be. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so important. Ugh, it's so important. Um, you know, thinking of just with my own, you know, my own business and being a mentor and coach for so many, you know, so many people, not just youth, but some of the young adults. And as you mentioned, they are, they're looking for someone to listen to them. They have some very strong opinions and they want to be heard. But at the same time, you know, they need to have those people that are willing to listen and willing to volunteer their time, such as, you know, yourself going to the different schools and, you know, taking that time out to sit down and have those conversations with those, with those children. It's extremely important. So it is so important as a leader to give back and get involved in the community as well. I can tell you that there has probably not been a day that has gone by where I don't see a social media post that shows how actively involved you are in the community. And I truly 
you know, you're truly on a mission to make a difference in other people's lives. So I know that you are diligently running a fundraiser campaign for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society um, for the Man and Woman of the Year. Can you share more information mm-hmm. about this campaign and what inspired you to be a part of it? Yeah, you know, um, this is a, a campaign that, um, you know, I had uh, decided to uh, join on because, uh, you know, to me there's no more noble and worthy cause than to raise money for cancer research. Uh, cancer has been something that has uh, devastated my family. Uh, I lost my mother uh, back in 2007 to lung cancer. Uh, I lost my uncle uh, in 2014, uh, who's a Vietnam vet, uh, to cancer. Uh, he was involved in Agent Orange uh, in Vietnam. And, uh, you know, also, uh, you know, I lost my grandfather uh, to cancer. Uh, so cancer has been something that has left a a fingerprint on my family. And so Mm -hmm. uh, when I was approached about, uh, you know, the possibility of running a campaign uh, in support of raising money for cancer research, uh, it was something that, you know, I I didn't have to ponder on it long. Uh, You know, it gave uh, not just me, but my family an opportunity to have a voice, uh, you know, to to be able to uh, strike a blow uh, on behalf of our can on on behalf of our family against cancer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it gave us an opportunity to uh, to be able to release a lot of negativity that was associated with the loss uh, of of my mother, uh, of my grandfather, of my uncle. You know, and that that was important. Uh, we actually are approaching the uh, deadline, the grand finale, uh, which will be Saturday. Um, I believe that's maybe eleven. Uh, we are uh, still taking donations. Uh, we are still collecting money on behalf of cancer research. Uh, donations made uh, can be made at www.cancercrushlls.com. Um, we are uh, trying to raise as much money as we can uh, so that we can uh, not only uh, fight uh, cancer, but so we can cure cancer, so we can stop cancer. Uh, you know, it's, it's just something that I think that, if you look around uh, in your circle, no matter how small or how big, cancer is something that has impacted each and every person on this world, either directly or indirectly. And until we get to the point where cancer is eradicated, we need to continue to fight it. I'm, I'm a firm believer in philanthropy. I'm a firm believer that we have to make sure that we stand up and fight diseases that have harmed and taken lives. But I don't think we have a bigger enemy concerning the human race than cancer. I don't. Cancer is is, is that that type of monster. And so we have to unify and come together to fight it off so that eventually we can defeat it. Absolutely. I I agree with you. Um, Cancer has impacted and affected so many of us. You know, we all can say that we have a loved one, you know, that has been affected in some kind of way. Could you give the um, – could you share again how they can give and support the campaign? You mentioned yes, a, a, uh, a, a website. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Uh, anyone who wants to uh, to donate uh, for us, uh, for LLS, uh, Cancer Research, uh, they can donate uh, at www.cancercrushlls.com. There's a donation link, and in addition, if they want to attend the uh, the grand finale event, uh, which will be this Saturday, uh, they can purchase tickets uh, there as well. Um, every donation, no matter how big or how uh, how small, uh, they all count. Uh, they all are useful. They all are impactful uh, because at the end of the day, we don't know which cent, which dollar can be vital in helping us beat and defeat cancer forever. And so because of that, to me, uh, you know, if someone uh, is able and willing to make a donation uh, and wanting to help, uh, whatever they can give is help enough. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that again. So today's empowerment quote was actually the leaders. Leaders become great not because of their power, but because of their ability to empower others by John Maxwell. Can you share uh, with the listeners any insight tips that could possibly align with this quote to, that uh, could help empower them? 
Yes. Um, r- routinely, um, I'm often in conversations, and, and, you know, I'll have different people either, you know, uh, active leaders, uh, aspiring leaders, and they'll ask me, they'll say, you know, hey, um, you know, how do I get, uh, you know, uh, in front of the leaders of this community? Or how do I get a hold of this official? And my answer is always the same to either question, that being the fact that if you really want to make a change, you have to be where the people are. Yeah. Because where the people are, that's where the problems are. The, pro- the problems don't, you know, exist, you know, in City Hall. They don't exist at the courthouse. They don't exist at, you know, uh, these, these institutional structures. Uh, but the issues, the problems, the concerns, they exist with the people who have them. And so uh, for us to be able to rally against issues and concerns in our community and be able to properly meet them head on with a solution, we have to mm-hmm. empower the people who are having the issues. That means supporting initiatives, supporting people, supporting programs that support the community. They're all tied together. They're all tied together. You know, people talk about words, but they need to talk about the voice. They need to talk about the voice that the words are carrying. Why? Because that's why two people can say the same thing and we hear it different. Very little about the words. It's about the message, the way it's conveyed. That's all in the voice. And so when we talk about, you know, that quote, uh, what it means to me and, and the, the tip that it really leads me to is the fact that uh, we have to make sure that uh, for us to uh, address issues first, we have to identify them. We can't identify them if we haven't empowered the people who are having them to come forward and voice them. Right? People have to be accepted. People have to be accepted. They have to feel supported. They have to feel protected. Okay, not not attacked. And so when people have issues, you know, it's it's that old adage, I'm my neighbor, my neighbor is me. The wind blows either way. You know, that's why it's so important when we see somebody who is, you know, littering on the street that we don't say, oh, well, I live three streets over. Not my problem. It could be. The wind blows hard enough, it will be your problem. It'll end up in your yard. And that's how life is. We have to be prepared to empower each other and to fight for our fellow human beings' causes as if they are our own. Because what affects one affects all. Absolutely. We have to empower each other. Absolutely. We have to be prepared to take a stand when necessary on each other's behalf because what your issue is today can be mine tomorrow. That's why it's so important that you do what's right from the jump. Because you you thinking that, oh, I don't have to fight this issue today because it doesn't affect me. You know, a lot of times things take some time to gain momentum. But, boy, when they gain momentum, watch out. You don't know how much momentum an issue has when it meets you. And you don't really want to know, especially if you could have stopped it early in the line. Absolutely. So I would like to ask you if there is anything that I didn't ask you so far that you may want to share with the listeners. I know that there are some um, some projects that you have been working on as a recorder from Montgomery County that you may have just um, implemented. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, um I think I shared it maybe a little bit earlier. Um, I'm a veteran. Uh, I'm also an attorney by trade, uh, former uh, judicial official, uh, now as a county official. Um, I consider myself to be, um, you know, someone who, um, quite frankly, uh, looks at situations in a way of how can we make this better? How can we improve it? How can we protect uh, what we have but then still move forward and progress in a way so that we can get what's due? Okay, Um, I remember as an attorney, uh, when I first started, I would on occasion uh, have the unfortunate circumstance to represent members of our community, our neighbors uh, who had been defrauded and actually had had their homes taken from them. I don't mean someone actually, you know, came up and hooked up a hatch 
and drove their house away. But what I mean is that that person was defrauded in a manner that allowed someone else to intervene and act as if they were the true owner of that property. So essentially you have someone who was not the owner of a property but would then try to sell the property, rent the property out. People would drive home and actually have for sale signs in their yard. Wow. That's how serious this this, this unfortunate circumstance had became. Um, when I became a member of the court, I would have people who entered into my courtroom. At the time, I was presiding over landlord-tenant real estate cases, uh, eviction matters. I would have landlords who would come into my courtroom. They would uh, pay the money for the filing costs, the court fees, the attorney fees. They would go through litigation only to be told that they weren't the true owner. Mm. Why would someone do all of that if they weren't the true owner? And I think the common sense response is that they wouldn't. That person expended their resources, their money, their time, their effort, because they were the true owner. But the documentation did not show it. So when I became the Montgomery County Recorder, I implemented a program to make sure that we protected property owners. We protected people's real estate, and we ensured that we combated property deed fraud, which to me was an issue that was gaining momentum and could have easily turned into a problem. So I implemented this, this system. Uh, it's free. Uh, it doesn't cost any of your taxpayer dollars. You can enroll for free and register. Information about that program on my website, uh, www.mcrecorder.org. The system is called the Fraud Alert Notification System. The way it works is that it gives you notification anytime there's a transaction that relates to uh, the ownership of your home. So if someone tried to file a lien on your property, you receive mm -hmm. notice. If someone attempted to try to transfer your deed, you receive notice. And some of the listeners might be asking, well, what, what is the importance of that? Statistically, when you look at fraudulent activity, time is either the best friend or your worst enemy. Okay, so with time, you can actually assist law enforcement. You can actually assist yourself in being able to protect yourself, guard yourself against additional fraudulent activity. So you want to make sure that you utilize the best weapon that you have at that time, and that is time. Okay, we've had good success with that. I'm very proud of that work. We received a claim. Uh, all throughout uh, this state for that program, uh, we are constantly looking for additional ways that we can improve and offer more safety uh, features uh, to our citizens, to the residents of Montgomery County, and I'll continue to do those things. Uh, that was the first initiative that I implemented, I think, the first 60 days I was in office. Um, oh. That's one. To date, we have uh, several thousand registrants uh, throughout uh, Montgomery County. Uh, actually something I received permission from the tax commissioner in the state of Ohio to actually put an insert in your tax bills about. Uh, so that's, that's something, again, like I said, information can be found at my website, www.mcrecorder.org. Or if you have any questions and you'd like to talk about them uh, via phone, you can contact my office at 937-225-4275. Uh, second program that I implemented is one that I hold near and dear to my heart. Um, I'm a veteran. Um, I know that if you sit back and reflect for a moment, if you aren't personally a veteran, you know someone who is. Uh, military service is something that ties us all together, particularly in this region of the country. Uh, military service is something that interconnects us. And so I remember from not only my personal experiences uh, in the, in the service, but uh, as an attorney, um, I was uh, blessed with the opportunity to be an attorney with the veterans treatment docket. And uh, through my service on that court docket, what I realized very fast was that, you know, a lot of our veterans, they would have the regalia, they would have the jacket, and they would have the stories. What they would not have was their DD-214. And for a uh, military personnel, for a soldier, uh, who is uh, retired for a soldier who has been honorably discharged, that is essentially the key to benefit. That DD-214 can open up doors concerning health benefits, uh, 
school benefits, store discounts, uh, loan benefits. Uh, that is essentially uh, the key, the mecca of benefits to military personnel. Uh, it also can be used uh, for the military burial, which is something that the veteran earned through their service to this great nation. And so what we were seeing was that at times you would have veterans who could not locate their DD-214. And a lot of times, unfortunately, what we would see is that with some of these veterans who were living in distressed situations, whether it's because they were homeless or whether it's because mm-hmm. they were trying to transition to a more stable point in their life, they would have other concerns as opposed to keeping up with their DD-214. They would be worried about, you know, where their next meal was going to come from or where they were going to sleep at night. So when you have those type of concerns, uh, we'll call them survival concerns, you worrying about where your DD-214 located is not at the top of your priority list. And so what we would see is that a lot of these veterans were not receiving benefits that they had earned because they couldn't prove their service to this country. And so what I, yes, yes, it's it's frightening. Uh, We even had some cases where you have veterans who passed away that if their DD-214 could not be retrieved in time and their service be uh, verified, they would not receive a proper military burial. You know, so it's, yes. And so um, I implemented the Veteran Identification Card Program uh, in September of last year uh, to ensure that our veterans uh, were connected to the benefits that they earned. Uh, through that program, we've connected our veterans to approximately 450 different businesses throughout Montgomery County that offer our, our veterans a benefit, a discount, or a value. And that ensures that not only are we uh, supporting businesses that support our veterans, uh, but we also are, we've had the opportunity to support veteran-owned, veteran-supportive businesses. But we also are having the unique opportunity to keep revenue dollars in our community so we can utilize it here. I love Toledo, I love Cleveland, I love Columbus, but when you spend your money in those places, the revolutions on the dollar do not make it back here, unlikely. Mm-hmm. And so it also can be used to stimulate the economy. So I'm, I'm very proud of that program because it ensures that our veterans, people who were prepared to give everything and not ask for anything in return, receive you know, a token of generosity uh, from us to them. Uh, you know, we were talking about, you know, people, our veterans, uh, who uh, were prepared and did uh, serve us faithfully. So it's only right that we serve them with the same faithfulness that they served us mm-hmm. with. That's what this program is about. So I wrote this program out in September of last year. We've implemented, uh, we've issued uh, nearly 2,000 veteran ID cards. And in the last two days, I recently announced that we are actually going to start doing off-site recording. Uh, became the third county in the state of Ohio to offer that feature, and I believe only the second active county to do it. Uh, this will allow us to be able to better serve our veterans who are immobile or disabled. I'm very proud of that work, and we're going to continue to work hard for our veterans as well. Absolutely, and I'm going to just say that, you know, we definitely thank you for your service um, as well. Um, amazing. Both of the programs sound absolutely amazing, and it's clearly what, you know, our veterans need, what our communities need as well. Um, I want to just say I really thank you so much for sharing, you know, some amazing tips, um, some ama- your amazing story. Um, you are truly touching and impacting the community, the people in, in the community's lives so much. I would love for you to share with the listeners what is actually coming up on the horizon for you. Um, I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep serving the, the people of uh, Montgomery County. Um, I've, I've told people time and time again, uh, tell them two things. I said, I'm not going anywhere and I'm not going to change. Um, we have uh, good work, good people uh, right here, uh, things that need to be done. Uh, I'm going to do my best to make sure that they are done. Um, I'm going to continue to serve um, the people uh, who uh, have needs that uh, have to be addressed. Uh, We've done some good work thus far. 
And there are other things that would be implemented and done as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that I wouldn't call myself a visionary, but I do consider myself to be a thinker. And um, I try to stay amongst the people because uh, the people uh, will tell you what is and what is not. And so when there are real legitimate issues and needs, the people, they tell me about it. I like to have real honest conversations with folks because that's the only way that we can get better. That's the only way Absolutely. we can get better. And so I'm always trying to get this office better. I'm always trying to make sure that I become better as a public servant. And so uh, what's next for me on the horizon is for me to continue to serve the people uh, who are having my back. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your amazing story, your journey. Um, and thank you for being out in the community and continue to serve, you know, our community because it's definitely a huge need. Um, I know you've mentioned before um, you've given a couple of websites as far as how the listeners can stay connected with you. If you can give that again, how they can stay connected and support your efforts. Um, yes, uh, for the uh, support of the uh, LLS um, campaign, uh, you can uh, make a donation at www.cancercrushlls.com. Uh, if you want to keep up, uh, we have a, a monthly newsletter uh, that the office uh, generates that kind of keeps uh, the public in, in the loop about, you know, what our office is doing, what I'm doing in the community and those things. Uh, you can find information about uh, the two initiatives and programs that I just discussed, in addition to different uh, services and events that are upcoming uh, at my office website, which is www.mcrecorder.org. Uh, also, uh, I'm on, uh, I believe at least, all social media platforms uh, on Facebook. You can search me as Brandon McLean. Uh, I also have a public official page, which is Montgomery County Recorder Brandon McLean. And then you can find me on LinkedIn at the same, Brandon McClain. On Twitter and Instagram, it is at Recorder McClain. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. It has truly been an honor and a pleasure to have you as a guest on the show. Thank you so much, Recorder McClain, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to give me an opportunity to interview, interview you today. And I just want to say again, thank you. And um, we definitely thank you for your service. Um, I wish you much success and blessings as you continue on your journey. Thank you so much. Listeners, thank you for tuning in tonight. Um, thank you for tuning in to tonight's show with special guest, recorder Brandon McLean. Recorder McLean shared some awesome insights. He told us how, you know, we have to continue to work hard. Um, hard work will open doors. And um, truly, public service is is a calling. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, starting your own radio show, or low-costing advertising, highlighting your book, business, or events, please email envisionb at empoweronpurpose.com. Please tune in next week where you will hear an amazing story and journey from another leader, influencer, and motivator. Until next time, be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Empower Hour with Jerisha, where Jerisha speaks with leaders, influencers, and motivators who share their journeys in personal and professional growth, empowerment tips, lessons learned, and keys of success that will empower you to be your best self. Follow Jerisha on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Jerisha Moore and visit EmpowerOnPurpose.com. And remember to be intentional and be empowered and have a great day on purpose. Purpose.